don't know whether you remember it. Jesus, we celebrate your victory. Beside in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah forevermore. We have entered the victory of April. Hallelujah forevermore. Put your hands together for the choir, please. Please, shall we take our seats in the heavenly places? Amen. Every journey that has a beginning 
has an end. The Lord told us in this house, every first, second, third, globally, we should gather for a convocation and end the convocation with a communion. And the Lord said we should present our request before him. And we have been hearing testimonies that are mind-blowing. <laughs> Over the past three days, really now it's been about seven days because this first, second thought happened to be a progression of the Jesus Seminar. And God had done interesting things. Very, very much interesting, of course. In this seminar, the Lord began by teaching us about His preeminence. Just to clear the air, I told you yesterday, one is for those of you who are already His children, who have believed in Him, to have material in your hands to defend the cause of the gospel. So I did teaching, not preaching, went through the detail of each verse and give you several scriptures to back up the claim of Colossians 1.15. He is the image of the invisible God. All right? And then we went to look at the supremacy of Christ. He is before all things. He is the creator of all things. By him all things consist, both things in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And we went to looking at your liberty in Christ Jesus. Having looked at the three things that the cross of Calvary did. The first one is Colossians 1.14. Having rescued us from the dominion of darkness, it translated us into the kingdom of his son. You know, whom he loved. And chapter 2 verse 14 says, Having cancelled every written code with all their legal demands, or every written code with all its regulations. And I think when we're looking at that, if you remember, we looked into the legal meaning of those words. Because those words are legal words. Written code, codification of laws, regulation or legal demands, which is a simplified form of codification for you and I to operate. Now we now saw that any code written about you before and after is destroyed. So there's no such a thing that you should renounce a covenant with Satan. You don't need it. If you make covenant with Satan, you don't need to renounce it. You only need to change your covenant. And whoever is the higher covenant is the one that takes preeminence. Hallelujah. <laughs> and the third one we saw, it says, having disarmed principalities and powers. And from there, God began to show us from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to the yoke of slavery. And God began to speak about our own liberty. And then we went to the book of John, chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who have believed in him, Jesus said, If you continue in my words, if you continue in the truth, in my words, the things I taught you, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And we understood from that statement that every error in Christianity is because 
people did not follow the truth as spoken by Jesus Christ. Whenever people derogate from Christ, they go into errors. And then we went straight away to look at those liberty that we have been given, power that he has given to us over flesh, over Satan, over demons. We looked at the fact that it is impossible for a Christian to be cursed. And the Bible says so, isn't it? Come on now, let's look together. It is impossible for a Christian to be cursed because it says in that Colossians 1, 22, that we have been disturbed from every accusation. And in Romans chapter 3, verse 25, it says, have, you know, he, he, from, from 20, 20, 20, 23, really, it would be a very good thing to, to recognize. Romans chapter 3, 23, all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All right, isn't it? And then he went further to say that all this is from God, who in his forbearance had left every... Well, 24 it says that, but we have been redeemed, okay? First of the glory of God, but now redeemed by, by, by the Lord of Christ. And then he went further to say that the, our pardon, God predetermined in verse 25, that all the sins we committed beforehand shall not be punished. So when somebody is born again, you cannot be cursed by anybody. It's impossible for anyone to charm you. Charm cannot affect a child of God. Impossible. And yesterday I went for that to begin to teach you about spell. Isn't it? And yesterday I helped you understand the distinction between spell and curse. And from the word of God we discovered that no, nobody can curse a Christian but a Christian can be spelled by the devil. And spell is not something so strange or magical. It just means a power taking control of the thoughts and action of another person. Okay? And I began to show you how people can come under spell. Okay? It's different from curse. Curse is a power that afflicts people. And you look at that in the English dictionary, you'll find it too. The definition of curse. Or bring someone to under judgment. But spell is an influence, somebody influencing the mind of somebody else. Alright? Human beings can influence the mind of other human beings. And evil spirits do influence the mind of people all the time. And today, I told you, briefly, I'm going to show you in summary, because we're going to these things in detail. Anytime somebody says things that are contrary to God, there is, a, there is an influence behind it, which is the devil. Nobody can produce an evil thought if he's not under the spell of Satan. I think today we were reading the book of Matthew Chapter 7 to 9. And I think in chapter, yes, chapter 8 of Matthew, let me look at it again now. I was sharing that with mommy. In chapter 8 of Matthew, uh, round about verse, um, let's see it. That is the paralytic, yes, chapter 9. Chapter 9, when the paralytic was healed, isn't it? Yes, it's in chapter 9. 
If I read from verse 1 of chapter 9, it says, Jesus stepped into the boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought him to a paralytic lying on the mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. Now listen. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? That is his spell. You see what he said? What is said is that they are trying to deny the divinity of Christ. So whenever a person speaks anything that is evil, it can only come from the devil. Whenever a person conceives an evil, it can only come from the devil. Because the word evil means the functioning of the devil. Because evil... Devil is a description of the hyphen evil. That's where you get devil from. Therefore, whenever an evil thought comes to a human mind, there is an evil spirit assigned by hell to produce the evil thought. And let me say something to you. Evil thought can be direct thought, which is understandable by everybody, that it is evil. But evil thought also can be indirect thought. Because these people, what is said there, you may not think is evil. Isn't it? Come on now. Look, 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 look. Come on, let's talk. Let's see what Jesus called evil thought here. The teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Now, if somebody says that, will you think that is evil? No, you cannot think that is evil. You and I cannot read that statement of people saying about Jesus and say that is evil. But in the real sense, what that statement is saying is trying to dispute the divinity of Jesus that he has the power to forgive sin. And that is the reason why it is evil. Because it's only devil that can suggest to human mind that the truth is false. And falsehood is truth. It's only an evil spirit that can speak to a human mind to deny the truth and follow the cause of untruth. Now, therefore, this evening, I want to show you fast. I will speak a lot of things, but brief, 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 are you going to read? I want you to know this, as well as the Bible establishes it very concretely, that Satan... And nobody can curse a Christian. If they, they do uh, voodoo against a Christian, it does not work. It cannot work. It doesn't have power or potency to work at all. Okay? And I'll show you this in the Bible. It's unfortunate that many Christians still believe this taboo. It's because they are really not Christians. Or they have gone out of the umbrella. Are we together now? Because a Christian is a person who has faith in the Word of God. He's not just being born again. The faith that bonds you again 
is the same faith that you have. Recognizing that Jesus is supreme. And whatever Jesus says is final. It does not matter what you used to believe, what your parents and ancestors have taught you. When you read in the Bible that this different, what God is saying is different, you obsolete everything you have known. And let it give way to the Bible. That is a Christian. A Christian is not somebody who, who, who argues the word of truth. I showed you yesterday from the book of Lepticus and uh, Numbers that Balaam was approached by Balak to curse Israel. But then he couldn't curse Israel. Each time he decided to use charm, he failed against Israel. And the Bible says in 23 verse 9, then at 19, I think. It went further to say that Balaam could not curse Israel. He said, how can I curse he that God has not cursed? How can I denounce he that God has not denounced? So, everything that Balaam did, he failed. He went to the heights to do divination, he failed. He went to the ground, did divination, he failed. He went to the valley, he did divination, he failed. He went to the desert, all the spots under heaven that they consult demons and devils. Balaam went to all of them, and yet he could never curse Israel. So, what did he do eventually? He had to bless Israel. And the only reason why he could not curse Israel, the Bible says that he could not curse Israel because God turned the curses to blessing because God loves Israel. But I showed you also in 25th chapter, when they could not curse Israel, you know what Balaam advised? Spell them. If you spell them, that is to their mind, work on their mind. That, is, that means spare. So if you work on their mind, and their mind can begin to think contrary to what God has instructed them, then their God will be angry with them. Then I can punish them. I can afflict them. So as much as they could not catch Israel by curse, they overpowered Israel by spell. And how did they overpower them? Spell worked through various mediums. All right? Spell can walk through evil spirits, suggesting to your mind. And spell can walk through human beings, who Satan will send to you to speak to you physically, okay, words that will decode your faith and make you begin to think not like a Christian, but like an ungodly man. Whenever a Christian derogates from faith in God, then the covering of God does not protect you anymore. And then the enemy can strike you. I would together now. Come on now, you with me? So the first person we are looking at today is Eve. Let us look at Eve. The first to be spelled or to be influenced in the mind. Look at chapter 3 of Genesis. It says, now the serpent was more crafty or cunning than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree of the garden? Now I want to help you understand how spell operates. And the reason why some people have been affected among Christians by spell. And in learning this, you will learn what you ought to do as a believer, so that spell will not affect you. Alright? Now, God did say something to Adam. And he said to Adam, all the fruits of this tree you can eat in this garden, but one. Okay? 
Now, the first thing I want you to understand is this. The intention of spell is similar to the intention of curse. Because in that numbers, Balak said to Balaam, come put a curse on them so that I will be able to overpower them. And I told you, if Balak, a Midian, seek to overpower Israel, what is he saying? I can stop their destiny. They are going to Canaan. No, but we overpower them and destroy them here. They will reach Canaan. So the intention of curse is to afflict you so that the end of it will be that you will not reach your destiny. The intention of spell is to manipulate your mind and turn you away from the course of destiny. Apart from these two weapons, Satan has nothing to use on earth. And these two weapons are classified under deception of the devil. Okay? Now, how does the devil work? Prima facie basics. It says here, the devil said to the woman, did God really... What is the word really? What does the, the word really? When you use the phrase really, you are trying to cast a doubt into your opponent. Okay? That is the purpose of really. I, I, I think all of us are lawyers by now. When you are saying to an opponent, an, op- an opponent has made a claim. So the word really is what may be called in law, counterclaim. That is, you are taking out of the claim... And you are trying to bring out a reasoning to counter it. I will together now. So, if you say to me that, you know, I'm a man. And I said, do you really think so? What I'm saying to you is that, come on now. You better already think. You are not really a man. And I begin to say to you that, when you were young, what kind of clothes are you always attracted to? And you say, oh, girls' clothes. I say, that here you are. And then I say to you, really... What toys do you always like when you were young? I say, I love girls' toys. Oh, I say, here you are. The fact is that you are not really a man. You are a woman. You are a woman. And the person who has always known himself as a man will begin to think that, oh, really, I love company of girls when I was growing Oh, I love to wear girls' clothes when I was growing. I love to, use, to play with girls' toys when I was growing. Really, I behave sometimes like a girl. And the moment you begin to discuss and develop that, the devil begins to give you more information for you to develop to the place whereby a masculine man will say, I am a woman. Are you with me now? But you see, Something that that man did not recognize is this. Any house where a girl is born before a woman, a child who is born, I'm sorry, a girl is born before a boy, that boy will always copy the older one. Like this Apostle Williams. When I was young as a child, I will put on my, 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 my sister's clothes. Or I will grab my mother's clothes and I put my mother's clothes on. Okay? But I'm a boy. And some other time I'll pick up my father's shoes. And I'll try to put on my father's gown. And it's so huge and so long. And I will roll in the gown. My father will come and meet me there and say, You this boy, what? Leave my guy low. Put put now you have to you have to fold it. And you know African gown, a small boy cannot fold. And I begin to battle with you until my father will say that. Wait until you are a man. 
And when I put on my wife's, my, my uh, 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 sister's clothes, my father would say that you are a boy, you are not a girl. <laughs> and my father told me that I'm going to start another lining because now the girl has come, she will train the girls, and I have come, I will train the boys. Are we together now? Because I love my sister so much and I love my mother so much, they are the ones who spend most of their time with me. My father is always going to walk. Walk, 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 walk. Hallelujah. Does that look like you too? <laughs> Listen to me. But some people, because of that, will not have a thought of how they grew. And they will believe in that suggestion to their mind that really, if you, if you have this quality, you know, these symptoms in you, really you are born to be a woman. But the fact is that what you are in nature is not subject to what you think in your brain. A man is a man. He has features of a man. He does not have a womb. Okay? A girl is a girl. He's, he has features of a girl and she has a womb. I'm happy to understand how Satan you know, influence human mind. He said to Eve, did God really say? You think about what God is saying. Really, is there God at all? All this Bible that you are reading, is, is it not just storybook of, of a person? Is it not just made up? And when the devil begins to suggest to people, you know what the devil always do? He will suggest to them against God, okay? Knowing fully well, that if the people can accept to develop that thought, then they will come totally under him. Because if you don't believe in God, you believe in them. Either the devil will tell you that you are just God. If you, if you believe in self-God, Satan is the one who controls that chamber. And if you decide to believe not in God because it has confused you, and you decide to accept what it says, he will hand over to you a God that has mouth and he cannot speak. Eyes he cannot see. Hand he cannot use it. Power he cannot manifest. Satan always tried to reason with man, and then suggest to man to develop it. Give you an opportunity of doubt. So he says to you, did God really say? And then you must not eat from any tree. Can you see that? God said you can eat from all the tree but one. But Satan is saying to him, Did God really say you cannot eat from any tree? He knew the truth. Because the devil Jesus said that from the beginning he had been a liar. He will always lie. Hey! And his prophets also are liars. And so are his children. Listen to me. He will suggest, he will try to juggle your mind for a benefit of doubt. But then he will now hand over a thought to you that is incorrect. But it will look like the original. That's all. Satan has no other trick. Look at what happened in the next verse very quickly. I'm moving to the next one. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the tree. In the garden. Yes. But God did say, you must not eat from the tree. We may eat all the trees, but the tree in the middle of the garden, we must not eat. Or he said, you must not touch, or you will 
die. Yeah, Satan wanted him to wanted her to talk. Satan knew that she would die. And what Satan is looking for is to make sure she dies. Because it's threefold operation to kill, to steal, destroy. John ten ten. Now look at what he says now. Can you hear the devil the next one he says? You will not what? An affirmation to a lie. But to the truth, he gives you a statement to reconsider. Whenever the devil talks about the truth, he tells you that it is not so. But when it comes about telling you the lie, he will tell you that you should consider the truth so that you, 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 you can change your mind in it. He says you will not die. Whereas you will die. Everything the devil suggests to man is to kill him or to destroy him or to make him regret in his life. From infant to old age. He said you will not surely die. Then what did he say? For God knows, can you imagine, that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, in our in our what? Come on now, in our what? So man is already like God. <laughs> Hello? And Satan is saying to, him, to her, God knows that you will be like him if you disobey him. We are not, the Bible says God made man in his own image, in his likeness. Anytime you have suggestion in your mind, check it by the word of God. Then you will see the lie behind it, which is the devil. Do you know something? Whenever devil makes a people think, you are the one who will suffer the consequence, devil will not. By the time you take decision, he had left you. It is your decision. It began from an evil thought. But when the decision comes, he backs up. And you are the one who makes the decision. So that you are the only one who will regret it. Satan will be laughing and be, <laughs> we got him. We got another one. May Satan not laugh at you. Let me take you away from this one, very quickly. You can have a lot, you can preach a whole sermon on this. But let's go to the next character that we're going to look at today. The next character is Sarah. Genesis 16, 1 to 4. Sarah. God promised Sarah from chapter 12, isn't it, that she will be the mother of nations through Abraham. At the age of 75. Alright? Having waited for a few years, now Sarah, as 13 years after that time, now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. Do God promise. I want to give me your attention, everybody. And apply this to your life. Covenant promise of God. After you are waited for some time, and God, God's time has not come. Anyone who suggests to you a quick fit is a vehicle of the devil. 
I told you the devil uses two things for vehicle, evil spirits and human. Look at what it says. This woman said to the husband, but she had, it said, it says, now Sarah, Sarah Abraham's wife had born no, no, no child, no children. But she had an Egyptian maid servant named Hagar. The next verse says, so she said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maid servant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Come on now, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me very well. One thing I saw first in this statement is that the first statement she made, the Lord has kept me from having children. It is not a sudden statement. It is a statement that I've come through a dialogue, a thought, for years. Satan has been working in her brain to the place where Satan now convinced her that, you see, the covenant of God, he spoke it to Abraham, you are not part of it. Can you see it? Can you see what I'm seeing here? Can you see what I'm seeing here? Because she did not deny that the covenant is sure. She only said, God will do it through you, but not me. She isolated herself from the covenant. That is a devil for you, man. That is a man on the spell, man. A person who doubted God. Let me help you know this. If you are a woman and you are married and you haven't got a child 10 years, 14 years, don't let anybody tell you that there's a prophet somewhere and take you to the devil called prophet. Listen to me. If God cannot hear you, he cannot hear that prophet. Listen to me. If you can be faithful and serve God, when the time will come for you to, to give back, he will take you to where he will, give, he will sort you out. Do you know how many women I have attended to in this world? I have attended to women who have been suggested to, to go and eat their poo because they are looking for children. Yes, I'm telling you. Women who have been made to do detestable things. The people they go to will come in the name of prophet. All of them. Only to stop you, to mislead you and destroy you. Anybody who makes suggestion to you that is, that, is, that is trying to give you a benefit of doubt concerning what God promised, he is a vehicle of Satan. Wake everybody that is sleeping before you, everybody is sleeping inside you. I want everybody to open their eyes. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Make sure everybody is standing up. Everybody stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up on your feet. Now, let me tell you what I said last. You will hear that standing. Okay? God said to Abraham with his wife, I will give you children. And your children will be so many like the stars of heaven. 13 years down the road, Satan went to, Eve, uh, to Sarah and told Sarah that that promise of God is for your husband, not for you. How many years will you be waiting? And I told you, if you're a woman looking for the fruit of the womb, 
It does not matter how long you wait. It is how close you are with God. If anybody suggests to you that solution is somewhere, that person is a devil. Many prophets, they bring them. They are devils. They are not of God. Because the same thing Satan did here to Sarah, telling Sarah that you are not part of the covenant, but your husband. Sit down. You heard me well now. You heard me well now. You heard me well now. God spoke to two people. I will bless you both with a child. Then one of them came after 13 years and said to the second one, Do you know what? Maybe you are the one God will use. But for me, and she is younger, by the way. 10 years younger, by the way. Can you imagine? The one that is older did not doubt God. The one that is very younger. I remember I went to, there is a, there is a spiritual son of mine. I knew him for about uh, 15, uh, no, about close to 20 years. And he never had a child. And what happened to her is they listened to me. Her, I mean, his wife, why she was not a Christian, destroyed her womb. Okay? Promiscuously. And shattered it and ripped it into pieces. So when the man went to her, she told the man, I have destroyed my womb. I can't have a child in this world. And the man said, I will marry you. He said, I'm not marrying you for children. I marry you for love. They are not English. They are Nigerians. Really, they are Yorubas, which is an abomination to marry a woman without having a child. I mention it categorically because Yoruba people, when you have a woman, a wife, the following day they're asking you of the baby. You just married yesterday. They're asking you baby the following day. I see baby is a microwave. <laughs> production. <laughs> Hallelujah. So therefore, that man came to me and submitted to me and the wife. And they have been receiving prophecies that God will bless you. Before they I prayed for them, I saw their son. But 15 years thereafter, the son did not come. Let me help you know this. God has a time to fulfill every promise. It's not by anybody's gymnastics. Alright? I want to understand the spell of the devil. He uses spirits and he uses man. You know, one day the woman was 49. And when she was 49 years old, the husband was 50. And I was called as their spiritual father to come and bless them. And when I got there that day, the Lord said to me, you will not preach here. She wanted me to preach for people to be saved. And the Lord said, prophesy to him and her. And I took the book of Psalms and I began to prophesy. And when I was speaking by prophetic, I said to her, by this time next year, look at your clock. I, Apostle Alfred William, will carry your baby in my hand, not in the spirit, but physically, says the Lord. Now listen to me. There was a man there who watched my television program. And the man said, I came because of you. And we were on the same table. So after the ministration, the man was on my table, and the man said, Apostle Williams, Apostle Williams. He said, I went and I called you, I said, you called me two times. He said, look, sir, I have been following you on television for years. There is nothing you said that did not happen. He said, but this one, 
I have written it down. If it does not happen, I will not serve God anymore. And I told him, he said, because I've stopped going to church because of many liars in the television. And he told me the church was going and all what they have done, they duped them there very well. So he stopped going. So he now said, but I follow you. And I told him that, let me tell you this. If you don't serve God, you die and go to hell, full stop. Prima facie, go to hell. It's your choice. I would get that. I said, but, but the word that I spoke, okay, I said the word that I spoke is not subject to your belief or no belief. I said before you and in your life, you will see me carry this baby by this time next year and I will call for you on that naming ceremony. Because I do not say God said when God does not say. And God does not have to speak all the time. He, he wants us to use our heads sometimes and the written word. He doesn't have to speak. Common sense he gave us. But when God speaks, he speaks. And I said that the day I name this baby, I will ask for you. You will be alive. And you know what? The woman conceived just the second month. But because it is unbelievable that she can never conceive. Second month, third month, she was having morning sickness. And then eventually the, the belly began to come up. And the woman could not go to church. She covered herself for six months. They didn't see her in church. Because when the belly now became three months, and it's like, you know, her mommy you are putting on with, she, she ran away. Because she was ashamed. Whatever the case may be, that baby was born, okay, before that time, the following year. Which means the following month, the word entered and became flesh and brought forth life. And then on the day I was naming the baby, the woman said, can I give a testimony? I said, yes. She said, Apostle, when you spoke and said that we will have a son, by this time next year you will carry the son. I, we got home. I told my husband that, did you hear what daddy said? He said, yes. He said, what God is saying is this. I will look for a young girl for you to marry. Yes, this is not riddles and jokes. Fact. He said, I will look for a young girl for you to marry because you know that my own womb I have destroyed and I can't have child from the beginning. He said, so, I, that prophecy is to you and God will fulfill it through another woman and she said the child that the woman will bear i will be the mother together with the mother and my husband told me god spoke to daddy that you will give birth that child and as far as i'm concerned i don't care what you did to your womb god said it and you will give me that child that was the month when he got home that day it's similar to this woman, Sarah. Do you know what spoke to her? Satan. What is that? Spell. That is control over human mind so that the action that comes thereafter is not his action. That is spell. But I named that baby. And on that day I said, where is the man who challenged me last year? And the man stood up. He said, I could not wait for today. He said, apostle. You are a true man of God. Uh, you only believe in that God too. Because God does not speak and not do it. For God is not a man that he should lie. Let me tell you, every promise they have made for you, he will fulfill them. Yeah. Satan wants you and I to look for shortcuts. He wants you and I to step out of God's covenant so that that thing will not happen. And he will be laughing at us throughout our lives. Blessed is he who believes. He shall see the performance. Delay is not denial. 
A girl who is growing older and hasn't got a husband, God is keeping the best for you. That's the position. I would mean now, it's better for you not to step into marriage than to step into fire. You can sleep at home and wake up fine. Until the time the one that will give you peace will come. It is better for you. It, look, let me help you understand it. When a, man, when a person truly serves God, you think God will not serve you? He will serve you well, man. Not only him, his angels will serve you. You know, you have read it today uh, in, in your daily reading. Jesus says, do not bother what you will eat or what you drink. Don't care about your tomorrow. Do what it is necessary for today. And that is what will determine tomorrow. The same thing with God. Every promise that He promised you, He has a time to fulfill them. Don't let anybody who is a vehicle of Satan to, dis- to, to, to dissuade you or make you doubt what God has said. God does not work according to the pattern of your brain. Look, let me help you understand this. When God told Israel, I'm going to give you Canaan. When they got to the door of Canaan, they went in and saw giants. They came back and reported giants. Only two of them said, those giants we can overcome. The rest of them said it's not possible. Can you imagine when they came to Jordan and God would give instruction on how to take over Canaan? Can you imagine the instruction? God said, you know, go around Canaan once a day for seven days. On the seventh day, go around it seven times and shout. They, they have no ammunition. They are going to meet giants who are fully armed. Can you imagine with a shout, you overcome the enemy who is fully armed? Let me help you understand. These giants were standing on their wall. We went to Jericho when we went to Israel the other time. Each time we went to Israel, we went to Jericho. The wall of Jericho is as wide as it's high. It's a cube. And can you imagine that shouting will bring this whole structure down? Because some people shouted. But God, through shouting, God said, when you shout, I will act. It was God who went to Jericho himself. Come on now. God will go places for you. I say God will go places for you. How God will fulfill what he promised you, you cannot decode it. In the book of 2 Chronicles 20, when battle came against Jehoshaphat, and they were crying, they went to God, and God, you promised us that any time we come to the house of God and pray, you will answer from heaven. You will expect angels to come with sword and be fighting. God said to them, Jehoshaphat, calm yourself down. The battle is not yours. The battle is mine. Come on now. I say, your battle is not yours. Your battle is the Lord. Your battle is not yours. Your battle is the Lord. God had to tell him this, this system, what he will do. He said, you know what you got to do? Just praise me. Can you imagine going to face an enemy and thinking, oh, give thanks to the Lord for his good. And his mercy endured forever. And he said, advance towards the enemy. Oh, give that. And the enemy is fully armed. Oh, give that. They gave you a day that that will be your end on life. Let me say this to you. The one who created you is the only one who can determine the end of your life. You will not die but live, I say. I say you will not die but live. Listen to me. They sang. They sang. And singing. And God went to the battle. God will go for your battle for you. Believe in the Lord. And you will be established. You see, Satan is always trying to cast doubt in the mind of Christians. Your Christianity should be above the one that Satan can cast doubt in him. Permit me today to show you more things. So if you see, this scripture therefore, Sarah suggested to the husband a quick fit of the maid servant. And the husband was also influenced, which is fair. 
That is, the husband does not want to disobey God. But the woman influenced him to disobey God. Because God wanted him to believe in him. The reason why God, you know, uh, uh, praised him so much is because of his faith. But yet, listening to a wrong counsel, listening to a person that the devil has already spelled, brought him under the same spell. He would have said no, according to who he is, the man of faith. But yet, he was influenced by the woman. And that is the problem the descendants have till today. Israel have it till today. It's a car that will never leave. Now let's look at one more person. Two, really. Samson. If you look at the book of Samson, Judges chapter 14. <laughs> Verse 13 and 19. I will just read this through, and you will see the story. Two scriptures you will read. It says, if you can tell, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let, go, go back about, yeah, verse 12. Now, this is something. It says, let me tell you, you know who Samson is. If you don't know, go and read from chapter 13, straight away. I won't have time to explain that. But I want to talk about demonic influence now. That is spell. It says, let me tell you a riddle. Samson said to them, if you can give me the answer within the seven days of the feast, I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. The next verse says, if you, can tell, if you can't tell me the answer, you will, you will give me 30 linen garments and 30 sets of clothes. Tell us your riddle, they said. Let's hear it. He replied, out of the eater, something to eat. Out of the strong, something sweet. For three days, they could not give the answer. The next verse says, On the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, Coax your husband into explaining the riddle for us. Or we will burn you and your father's house to death. Did you invite us here to rob us? The next verse. Then Samson's wife threw herself on him, sobbing. You hate me. You don't really love me. <laughs> You've given me my people a riddle. Or you've given my people a riddle. But you haven't told me the answer. I haven't even explained it to, to my father or mother. He replied, so why should I explain it to you? The next verse. She cried the whole seven days of the feast. Crocodile tears. So on the seventh day, he finally told her. Can you imagine how Satan can persist on you because he wants to fall you? He wants to make you fall. He wants to disgrace you. He wants, to, he wants you to conduct, to, to, to carry out an act that will, that, will, that, will, that will become shameful. He persists. But you know something? If Satan persists, you to stand firm. It is forbidden for a priest to do that. You tell him. And you know this, this when Satan used vehicle, you can see the woman was crying, can't have cry. She's not really crying. Okay? She was deceiving the man. It is not that when you read this in the Bible, 
You always think that, ah, how can the man be so foolish? But it's happening now. It's happening now. You know, three people I'm reading to you, this one, unfortunately, among all the characters I'm reading, the women there have played bad roles. Okay? That doesn't mean women are bad. Because the same way when the Holy Spirit talks to women, they will bend the neck of their husband because they will insist. This is the will of God. You cannot do that. That is the sort of women all of you will be. That is what a Christian woman should be. Not this one. She cried. She in turn explained. <laughs> she cried the whole seven days. So, on the seventh day, he finally told her because she continued to press him. She in turn explained the riddle to her people. She got the secret and gave it to the enemy. But the end of it was disaster. Look at the next verse. Before sunset, the seventh day, the men of the town said to him, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? Samson said to them, If you, have, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. Did you get it now? <laughs> Hallelujah. I love these guys. They are so educated. The next verse. <laughs> then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power. He went down to Ascalon, struck down 30 of their men, stripped them of their belongings, and gave them their clothes to those who had explained the riddle. Burning with anger, he went up to his father's house, the next one. And Samson's wife was given to the friend who had attended him at this wedding. At his wedding. He even lost the wife. Look at chapter 16. You see how Satan manipulated him and mine. Look at chapter 16. One day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Should a Christian go to a prostitute? Come on now. So now, the beginning of the same thing with numbers. You know, when the Midianite girl was sent to the Amis as prostitute, they were destroyed. Satan is very, very deceitful. Now, he went in to spend the night with her. You must pay for that. The people of Gaza were told, something is here. So, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the city gate. They made no move during the night, saying, Adon will kill him. But Samson lay there on, on to, uh, only until the middle of the night. Then he got up and took hold of the doors of the, t of the city gate, together with the two posts, and tore them loose, bar and all. He lifted them to his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill, that, that faces Hebron. Sometime later he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sherek whose name was Say it loud. Say it loud. Now, listen to this story. What you are seeing here is how Satan can spell God's anointed. That's what you are seeing. So that you will, not, you will break loose yourself from the spell of the devil. All right? What happened to this now? Here's the next verse. The rulers of Philistines went to her and said, See, if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength 
and how we can overpower him. So we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. This is a wife. Next verse. So Delilah said to Samson, Tell me the secrets of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. Look at the next verse. Samson answered, answered her, If anyone ties me with, the, with seven fresh tongues that have that have not been tried, I'll become as weak as other men. Next one. Then the rulers of the Philistines brought her several fresh songs that had not been dried, and she tied him with them. With men hidden in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. But he snapped the tongue as easily as the piece of, of string. Of, of string snaps when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Then Delilah said to Samson, You have made a fool of me. You lied to me. Come now, tell me how you can be tied. Can you imagine this? Let me help you understand this. You know, this story of Samson tells you a typical of Lucifer. Are you with me now? And demons. And people that Satan used to influence us into evil. You know, they will tell you where they are taking you. And they will be persuading you that it's right for you to go. They will tell you, introduce to you what they want to do to you. And they will be persuading you that it's the right thing to do. Isn't it? Isn't it? A married man, look at that girl. He looked. Born again. Spirit filled. He said, no, 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 that's not commit adultery. And then the girl now walked right to your line of sight. And Satan said, you see now, if God does not want you to see her, how would she have walked right before you? Really, as you are thinking like that, the girl comes to you and he greets you. And at that time, Satan has caused trouble with you and your wife at all. For some time, maybe for some months, your wife said that, look, we have to live like friends in this house. It could be for six months. And then you took your eyes away and you walked away. Three days after you are walking again and behold the same girl. I said, I'm going to tell you that. Did I not tell you? You see, Satan always helps you know the end of your, of your doom before he starts programming you. The reason is because he will not be guilty. He will not be guilty. How can a woman tell a man, tell me why, how you can be tied? And the man, the man is still playing games with her. What are you supposed to do? Cut her off from that day. If you are a wife and your interest is to tie me and destroy me and destroy the power I have, how can you still be a wife? Cut her off straight away. That you are a murderer. You are sent here to kill me. And so, but it is strange enough. That he didn't do that because he says, I love her. Satan is still doing that till today. In relationship, courtship, a man who doesn't love you, shut the door against him. Tell him, never fool me anymore. Remove his name from all your archives. You haven't married. I will together now. 
A man who are told, you are encouraged to marry a man, and the man spoke a word of hate. Or you saw the man with another person, and then you say, I will give you a second chance. What do you mean second chance? The same thing. Or I will give us a second chance. Look at this man. Strange enough. Come now, tell me how to tell you. The next verse. <laughs> he said, if anyone tries me securely with new ropes that have never been used, I become as weak as any other man. All right. So Delilah took new robes and tied him. He to put his hand down with them. Then, with men hidden in the room, she called him. Something the Philistines are here, but he snapped the robes off his arm as if they were threads. Delilah then said to Samson, Until now, you have been making a fool of me. What is she if not a fool? I lied to me. <laughs> But she is telling the truth. Isn't it? She is telling the truth. I want to tell you. And something was lying. A child of God became a liar because of love. He replied, If you weave the seventh braids of my head into the fabrics on the room and tighten it with a, with a pin, you know it's getting closer. I'll become as weak as any other man. So while, she was, while he was sleeping, Delilah took the seven braids of his head, wove them into the fabrics, and tightened it with a pin. Again, she called to him, Something the Philistines are here upon you. He woke up from the sleep and pulled up the pin and the, glue, and the loom with the fabrics. The next one. Watch this now. It's the beginning of the end. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you have made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. Is that somebody looking for your, for your good? The person who, seek, who takes your strength? I pray for all our young men. May God never let you marry Delilah. Somebody that will come into your life and will isolate you from every relationship. That's a Delilah. Isolate you to destroy you. That's what Delilah's spirit is. Can you see? Then she said to him, go to the next one. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was what? Tired to death. Don't you understand? Why should you allow such a woman under your roof? She's a messenger. Why should you allow a friend who has been taking you to sin in your archives, saying that we grew up together? If you grew up together, does that mean that you should die together? An evil brute. Listen to me. The earlier you get rid of that communication, the earlier you save your life from peril. Unfortunately, 17. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head. He said, because I have been a Nazarene, set apart to God since birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me. 
and I will become as weak as any other man. Now, when Delilah saw that he was told, that he had told her everything, she sent word to the enemies, rulers of Philistines, come back one more time. He had told me everything. So the rulers of Philistines returned with their silver and their hand, and in their hands, having put him to sleep on her lap. All right? She called a man to shave off. Can you see the cooperation of demons? To shave off the seven braids of the air. And he began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Now, Samson. Now, if you look at the stories I'm showing you, you will see the procedure by which the devil seeks to control human mind so that the action of that man is no more his intention. That is spell. And you can apply this to every part of your life. Excuse me. There are messengers of Satan who join churches. They will even speak in tongues like you. How do you know them? By their fruits. You know them. Isolate yourself from an evil company. The end of it is regret. Let me give you the last man is Solomon. Don't worry. Ten more minutes I should be over. The one of Solomon, I will give you scriptures, you will go and read them. In the book of First Kings chapter 1 and 2, it introduced the life of Solomon, chapter 1 and 2. And in chapter 3, verse 4 to verse 15, it introduced the first encounter when God appeared to Solomon. You are writing this down. And God appeared to Solomon because Solomon was very faithful. All right? Then if you look at 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 16 to 28, God glorified Solomon because he did not ask for the death of his enemies. When God appeared to him, he said, ask me for one thing. And he said, I want wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And God said, because you did not ask for the death of your enemies, I will also give you all wealth. He, he pleased God so much. And if you look at chapter 4, 29 to 34, you will see this wisdom of Solomon displayed, which is the beginning of jurisprudence. Very vital in the study of jurisprudence and law. Now, Second Chronicles chapter 8, no, chapter, yes, chapter 8 to chapter 9, verses 1 to 28. It talks about Solomon's greatness. God makes Solomon great. Greater than any king before him, and greater than any king thereafter. And in 1 Kings chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, God appeared to Solomon again. 1 Kings 9, 1 and 2. But if you look at 1 Kings chapter 11 from verse 16, Solomon began to make mistakes. And I'll read that to you. 1 Kings chapter, 1, chapter 11 verse 1 to 6. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Amorites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. 
They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Did you see this now? God said, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And someone said that I have prayed, God will convert him. Are you getting me now? A young girl met an unbeliever and said, I fall in love with him. Or a young Christian man met an unbeliever and said that I will convert her. The fact is that if you can convert him, you should wait until he's converted before you talk of marriage. How many, no matter how many years it takes you. Listen to me. God said, don't be unequally yoked. And you yoke yourself. Okay? When you enter your calamity, you don't expect God to share with you. No, you have to suffer by yourself. So he went to marry them. They were nations God said don't marry. But you see, he says you must not marry intermarry from them. Surely, he says, he says you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He has 700 wives of royal birth. And 300 concubines. Can you imagine? <laughs> a holy man, for that matter. You see, something with that statement is this. You understand this, that he cannot really live with 1,000 women as husband and wife. That's impossible. Alright? But what that tells you is that when Satan takes over the control of a man, and that man now, it becomes his opinion. Okay? The man will become glutonous. If it's for money, he will become so greedy for money that he can do anything to get money. Any error the devil can get you into, once it has become your own idea, they all go to the extreme. Look at many men of God who started very well. And some of you wonder, but why is this man started very well? Why is he into this? And when they get into those stuff, they will be going from bad to worse, from bad to worse. Do you understand? It is a principle of the devil when a mind of a person has been taken over by Lucifer. Do we get it now? So, in this case, it's, it's, it's women. He was just marrying them. Alright. And his heart, verse 14 says, As Solomon grew older, his wives turned him, turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God. Verse 4. Verse 4. The wife turned his eyes away from the Lord. At the heart of his father David. Verse 5 says, He followed Asherah, the goddess of the Sidonians, Molech, the detestable god of Amorites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father done. If you look at all these people that we are talking about, okay, when Satan manipulates the mind of a man who is a, a child of God, his intention is to turn you away from the status of God so that it will take you away from the path and it can strike you. Because once you do, it does, it does that, it succeeds in that to you, what happens is that God will withdraw his covenant. That is his covering. And if you look at that with, with Solomon, chapter 11 of, of the same 1 Kings, verse 9, the Lord became angry with Solomon. Because his heart turned away from the Lord. The man who sacrificed so many 
God offering to the Lord at the beginning. He became a man who sacrificed to idols. He's not, you can't imagine that. But it took years. Okay? You get used to God and you forget where he picked you from. Because the enemy is walking through the mind of a man. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow the other gods, verse 10, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, since this is your attitude, understand? Attitude, conduct that come from thought. And you have not kept my covenant and my decrees, which I command you. I will mostly certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to the one to, to one of your subordinate. Destiny shifted. Did you see this now? Destiny crashed. If it was Solomon God made covenant with, he would have stopped that covenant. But he made a covenant with his father. And because of his father, he covenanted with his father that he will always have someone in the lineage. But for Solomon, his, his, his destiny was shut down. Alright? Now, the last part of Solomon is 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 14. Then the Lord raised, and raised up against Solomon an adversary. Hadad, the Edomite, from the royal line of Edom. Adversary. That is, Satan manipulated his mind. He broke covenant. God withdrew. And an adversary was raised by the devil. By the command of God. Anytime a Christian is fighting with adversaries, check your life. Where you gone wrong? Just go back to the drawing board and ask God for mercy. But should we... Be overpowered by evil thoughts. No. You did that. The last person we're looking at is Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew chapter 4. You read through it, isn't it? That was yesterday. It says then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now the next verse, very quickly please. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him, the same devil. And said, if you are the son of God, tell the stones to become bread. Just as he spoke to Eve, as he spoke to Sarah, to, to Abraham, as he spoke through Delilah to Samson, as he spoke through, through evil spirit to the mind of Solomon, he spoke to Jesus. What's the difference between Jesus and all of them? Look at what happened. What, what, what did Jesus do? Verse 4, shall we read it together? Jesus answered, Read it again. No, 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 stop. Let us read it as we see it on the scripture. Shall we read together? Jesus answered. This is second Adam. The first Adam said, God did not say we should not eat all the fruit but one. This one said, it is written. So, a Christian can overcome evil thoughts and the spell of hell only by the word of God. Not by prayer. Not by prayer. If somebody 
is falling to adultery, you want to get him out. Show him all the calamity that the Bible writes about adulterous man. Let him begin to memorize it. Let him begin to say it. Let him begin to say it. Let him begin to recite it all the time. It is the word of God that can dismember the thoughts of hell that will not overcome you. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, not for the kind of word alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The next verse says, then the devil took him. You would think the devil would give up. You remember something? He pressured him unto death. And he was frustrated. <coughs> then the devil took him to the, to, to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you, you will not strike your foot against the stone. Can you see the devil himself? You think he does not know Bible. He knows Bible. Only he does not understand it. Because theologians know Bible. But it is the Holy Spirit that gives understanding of the Bible. Can you imagine how foolish the guy is? After Jesus said it is written, he too said, ah, what are you talking? I too know the Bible. It is also written. So Satan sometimes will quote the scripture, but you need to understand what application he's telling you to apply it. That's where you see that he has no knowledge. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord thy God to test. I think the devil is getting weary by this time. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their splendor. Understand this is not physical sight. It is like when God said to Abraham, As far as your eyes can see, he's not talking about physical sight because telescope can see further than physical sight. Physical sight can see just a short just a few, few hundred meters. Huh? They said, I'll give it to you. Do you know what Jesus said? Shall we read it together? Jesus said, Uh huh. What did Jesus say? Get, re- get ye behind me, devil. Away, away from me, you devil. Jesus said, get out of my sight, you devil. Somebody had to say that too. When, when Peter was used by the devil to confess concerning the death of Christ, Jesus said to him, get ye behind me, you devil. Because he was not talking to the man, he was talking to the spirit that is manipulating the man. A Christian must always operate by the spirit of the living God. Standing firm on the word of God. Don't discuss with Satan anymore. Rebuke ye the devil and it shall flee. That is the key to overcoming spare of the devil. Stand up on your feet. I think we're going to pray that prayer now. Somebody is going to decree in the name of Jesus. Get you behind me, devil. In the name of Jesus, get you behind me, devil. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. I decree in the name of Jesus. Satan, I rebuke you. The blood of Jesus is against you. My mind is free from manipulation. Begin to declare. My mind is fruitful of the word of God. In every way the devil is manipulating people, I destroy the name of Jesus as of Nazareth. Begin to command strength into your soul. Pray God, help me to operate in the mind of Jesus. When the devil comes to me, I will speak like Jesus. 
I will operate in the mind of Christ. First Corinthians 2.16, it says, you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Tell the Lord, free my soul from every spell of the devil. Free my soul. There are some of you who, you believe some things contrary to the Bible. Tell God, help me to believe in your word, in your truth, that I may live by your word all my life. Tell the Lord to deliver you. Help is in the name of the Lord. Pray, Father, do not permit the devil to shipwreck my life. Do not allow Satan to destroy my life. Enable me by your spirit. Tell the Lord, enable me by your spirit. Grant me your grace, O God, to overcome the thoughts of Satan. Do not let Satan prevail against me. Destroy the manipulation of hell in my life. Give me insight. Pray for your children. Pray for every man and woman in this church. Father, destroy the counsel of Satan. The Bible says that you destroy the counsel of the wicked and turn their their counsel to foolishness. The counsel of Satan over this church, turn it to foolishness. The counsel of the devil over our members, turn it to foolishness. Father, do not let the devil prevail over any member in this house. In the name of Jesus. In every area of our reasoning, in every area of our thinking, Father, frustrate the powers of Satan. Frustrate the voice of the enemy. Do not let the enemy prevail over our, over our lives. <coughs> Purify our hearts, O oh God. Begin to pray every weapon of the devil against us, destroy. Destroy every weapon of the devil over our lives. Destroy every weapon of the devil over my life. Let my mind be fruitful. Let my heart be fruitful. Let my children be fruitful. Begin to decree. Every manipulation of Satan over my children, Father, destroy them. Thanks be to God, He always gives us victory. 